Just a friendly reminder that the opinions expressed on this show are not worth a Canadian penny, so disregard anything you hear that might get anyone in trouble. And despite some of the great ideas you may hear, don't try them at home. Go to friend's house instead. Welcome to Slamfire Radio, episode 465 for July 21st of 2022. I'm one of your hosts, Adriel. I'm another host, Kyle. I'm another host, Mo. Is is it 21st or is it 21th? Uh, which which is what's the correct way of saying that? I would say 21th. 21th? Okay. Yeah. I got it wrong. Yeah. Oh well, I'll get it right next time. What we, did, what we did in guns this week is brought to you by the Calgary Shooting Center, Canada's premier firearms retailer. Right now, they have the FN PS90 for 2500 bucks. I know who put this in. I got a sneaking <laughs> suspicion. I know who put this in. I know someone who's got a 5.7 Ruger who's been looking at FN PS90s. Is this a restricted yeah. one? 60-inch barrel? Yeah, it's yeah. restricted. I haven't seen a non-restricted one. Yeah, but mm-hmm. that would be fun. That Did you find any ammo for that thing yet? Did you get your guns yet? Uh, I'm actually waiting for the FN still. Hmm. I got the Canic, but I'm waiting on the FN. And there was some, I think Red Deer, I had found some in Red Deer, but I didn't buy it. And so, yeah, I don't know if they actually still have it in stock or not. Hmm. Well, uh, why don't you start off? Try to start us off with uh, what you did in guns this week. Okay, well, I went and I shot the Bramley Challenge Sporting Clay match here in Grand Prix at Wapiti Shooters Club, and it was a good weekend. It was absolutely a, a great weekend, it always is. Great food, great people. Um, as far as the shooting goes, Saturday just absolutely sucked. I, I shit the bed hard on Saturday, and was actually getting quite frustrated, because... I ended up shooting in the mean, like 48% on Saturday. And then I figured, okay, well, I wasn't going to do anything other than the main, but come in the afternoon, I decided to shoot the true pair game, which is supposed to be non-registered. So I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to go try and get my head on straight and go shoot that. And I felt like I was shooting better, but still pulled out like a 45% on the true pair game. So... So yeah, I was a rather down Saturday as far as the shooting goes. But now, were, were you shooting this with like a fifty thousand dollar over and under? No, that, that oh, no. that's the problem. That's yeah. the problem. <laughs> I was shooting it with like maybe a twelve hundred dollar over and under. So oh, that's it. Uh, <laughs> uh, you gotta you gotta bump those numbers up by like fifty times if you want to get those scores. <laughs> that is true. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, but actually. It was surprising. I wasn't hung over any morning, which is really weird. But I uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, woke up Sunday morning feeling good and everything. And I went out and I once again shot the best round of my life, basically. I ended up shooting 68% on Sunday. So it was a, a massive improvement and was finally feeling good about myself 
than that. But uh, yeah, that was essentially my weekend. Just frustrated, wondering why the heck I'm shooting on Saturday to, okay, I think I might have finally figured figured this out. So next time I go out, I'll go shit the bed again now that I've figured it out. So, <laughs> But do it in an informed way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, that that's what I've done. Uh, Mo, what about you? I went to an Ipsic match in Cornwall, Ontario. Uh, it was uh, a level two, six stages, uh, really good stages. Um, it was a nice day. Um, I was happy with how I did. So, Guy, if you're listening, I actually said something positive. And Guy was there. He listens to the show. And <laughs> he, was, uh, he got a Slamfire radio hat from the one of the winter matches. And uh, so he was wearing it which was nice. Um, not too much detail from the match, but they, they were really good stage. I always enjoy going to Cornwall. They always put on a good, a good match. Uh, the rest of my week was uh, preparing for my move because I'm moving and that's going to be like our main topic today. So I'll, I'll go into more details of uh, the logistics of uh, I'll just say I own more than one gun, so there's uh, <laughs> there's effort required in uh, in getting all that done. So um, really, that really that's it. I uh, I ended up buying some ammo too, and uh, which my friend Louis helped me get, and um, because I wasn't going to be able to make enough for the next like bunch of matches, and I'm going to be in limbo for a while. So um, that's really at least. Uh, at least uh, I've got that set, and I don't have to stress about that. But um, it's really it for me. How about you, Adriel? Well, I was off last week, so I've got more than a, more than enough to talk about. Okay, good. Uh, okay, let's see. Two weekends ago, uh, Grand Prairie Maple Seeds. Uh, so I had a doubleheader in Grand Prairie there. Uh, it was interesting. So it's very sandy there. It's a sandy range. Everyone got a free polish job uh, on their actions. Um just from all the sand going in their actions, <laughs> really running them. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Day two was a bit windier. So, the, so basically day two, everyone like their part of their prep was like, get to their gun, shake the sand out, <laughs> give it a quick blow, run the bolts a couple of times and then, and then get into the rest of their prep, <laughs> <laughs> which is, uh, which is kind of funny. Uh, might've, uh, might've had a couple of people there that were on the show last week. So I, I listened in for, for a little bit of that. And yeah, it sounds like, uh, Lots of learning, lots of uh, lots of expectations shattered uh, for good and bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but you know that 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 expectations thing. Um, I found it uh, at the the match I went to with Three Gun as well. Oh, and there was some list li- some listeners at uh, I've grabbed probably a bunch of them, bunch of Slamfire Radio listeners, and uh, even some people from Discord were uh, uh, were on there as well. It's always mm-hmm. nice to to run into people that you like chat with online and and, and meet them IRL. That's in real in real life for for you boomers. <laughs> Can I say yeah, you boomers. boomers if I'm like pushing like over forty? I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I think you so. Know, you could say us boomers. Us boomers, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was a good time. Uh, really easy and uh, yeah, real real lots of lots of fun out there. Uh, the range there is fantastic. That's one of the things I wanted to mention was uh, uh, Kyle took me around the range just for a quick little tour and uh, not even a quick tour because there's like a lot of stations there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, um, 
I've been to a couple of ranges that have trap and they'll have like the five stands set up and that's it. It's just like a field. It's like, okay, that's a shotgun range. They have it. They have trap and that kind of thing. But uh, this is something else. They had like 20 mini stages, like permanently set up all with throwers and little stations. You go sit at the station, you press the button two clays or one clay or whatever comes out at you from different angles. You just got to like make it happen. Right. So um, almost like a golf course. Very, very much like a yeah. golf course, actually. Yeah, I'd say that's a accurate description. Yeah, <laughs> with guns and mosquitoes. Actually, there's mosquitoes <laughs> at golf courses too. Well, of course. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, that was, it was it was really interesting from that aspect. Um, and then yeah, the maple seeds were great as well. Uh, and then I went to the weekend after. I went to a three gun match at Sherwood Park. Um, some interesting things about that. I butt dialed nine one one, which is kind of fun. So my my phone has oh. like the fingerprint thing, thing on it, and through the shorts, the mesh pocket is enough to like make it think it's doing something. So I got a lot of video from inside my pocket, and uh, I called nine one one, and I noticed like a couple of calls back from uh, from a number that looked like a police. So I called them up, and they're like, "Cameras, police!" Like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I got butt dialed, you guys. Okay. Well, where are you at? Are you safe? It's like, boom, boom, boom. Yeah. <laughs> despite all, yeah, the, I'm totally despite safe. all the sounds, yeah, I'm safe. I'm safe. <laughs> I'm at the gun range. And she's like, oh, okay. Sounds good. <laughs> that checks out. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, the, the match didn't go super well for me. Uh, so I brought my M1 Garand out. And uh, on the very first, so I ran my pistol shotgun on the other stage, the first stage, which it, it was like, I wasn't running at top speed. Uh, so I was like, a, you know, I think five seconds off top time or something like that. Um, but then the second stage, I had to run my M1 Garand. I pull it up. Click. Uh-oh. Didn't fire. Rack that round out. Go to fire again. Click. Uh-oh. Didn't fire that one. Rack that one out. Go to fire again. Boom. Now I have a double feed. And there was a, ch- a case stuck in the chamber. So um, that stage was uh, was very short. We actually had the option to shoot these targets with pistol, and I chose my rifle because I wanted to shoot my M1 Garand, and I stupidly left my handgun back at the table and all my mags off of me. Had Ooh. I equipped myself with my pistol and mags, I might have been able to just like, whoop, this gun's toast, and drop it and go to my pistol and keep going. Uh, but I didn't. I didn't give myself that option. Um, so getting to so. Uh, uh, the case wouldn't come out because the rim ripped off. Steel case ammo, it, the, the rims will rip, and then there's no chance of re-getting on them. Uh, I borrowed a, a cleaning rod from my buddy, busted it. Um, sorry, Chris. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> uh, finally got the case out, uh, scrubbed it with uh, with a brush, put some oil in there, took it to the next range, shot it, uh, got a bunch of also. Um, keep in mind, I had this gun out two weekends ago. And we, I, uh, me and my son both ran through 80 rounds without a single issue. Um, I got some more failed fires. Got some more failed fires. And then when it finally did fire, ripped the rim off. Now, I'll, a couple of clues here. So, so far, this is like looking real weird, right? Failed a fire and uh, hard case extraction uh, are two different issues. Uh, I took a look inside the bolt when I got home. And inside the firing pin channel, it looked kind of brown. Inside the chamber looked a little bit brown. But, like, I'm shooting copper-washed ammo, so it could just be transfer from the copper wash. But the chamber looked brown. The firing firing pin channel looked brown as well. Rust. Now, I didn't shoot this thing on a rainy day last time, two weekends ago. Didn't shoot it on a rainy day. 
I believe what happened, this is Narenko sur- surplus ammo. I believe that they slipped in some corrosive primers with some of their rounds because that's oh, known wow. to happen on some of their 762 by 39 stuff. Some of it's non-corrosive. Some of it is corrosive. Treat it all as if it is corrosive. I believe I got some corrosive in that day. And that's why I had rust in my chamber and rust in my firing pin uh, channel. And those were causing my fail to extract and they're causing my failures to fire because that firing pin was all like cruddy up within inside that channel. I think, mm. I don't know. Yeah. It's uh, I've uh, so what I did is uh, I did some de-rusting de-rustification. I bought like a big jug of that, uh, that de-ruster like automotive stuff from the, from Canadian tire. And I dunked my bolt in there. And uh, cause I didn't really feel like taking apart that, like taking apart a grand bolt is a, is a bit of a chore. Uh, so I, I dunked that. I dunked my 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 like uh, trigger group was like pretty rusty just from before. So I dunked that as well, and I scrubbed the crap out of my uh, out of my chamber. Um, afterwards, so after pulling it out of the uh, cleaner, I threw some silicone uh, lube on it because that's all I had for spray. Uh, that shit will not stop stuff from flash rusting. So I had to de-rust it again, <laughs> and then I went to Cabela's. And, uh, and got a few things. Um, I got some, uh, ballastol, which is like a spray lube. Mm-hmm. It says food safe on here. Like, I guess hmm. this, this stuff's like mineral oil, kind to the skin, biologically degradable, which pff, I don't know what that means. Food safe. Hmm. Kind of like that idea. Most of the sprays and stuff I have are just straight up like petroleum products, <laughs> not food, not food safe. Uh, so uh, I, I use some of that to, uh, give it its first coat as soon as it came out of the de-ruster you gotta like use some brake clean or something like that to get the de-ruster off of it and then go straight to like some oil to keep it from flash rusting because as soon as it it's like if you strip away that oil some people like clean their guns like my gun doesn't rust after i clean it and like no 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 really clean it like really use some like cleaners on it get all the oil off of it it will flash rust uh anyways it's back together again it's sitting in the back shelf there I'd like to take it out to the range and see if it runs 100% now and uh, and with that ammo. Uh, and if it does, I'll, I think I'll clean it afterwards. I think I'll give it a quick clean. <laughs> 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 just in case. Just in case I get some corrosive. Uh, so that happened with Timmy. Uh, that resulted in a not-so-great uh, stage. I wrote two or three, whatever. I can't remember. And then my son was shooting... Uh, he was shooting my 1911 9mm. It was giving his, him some issues, so he switched over to the 22-1911, which ran just fine. Uh, and he was shooting my WSMCR, and he was getting some fails to fire on it as well. Hmm. Huh. <laughs> Different issue with this one, though. Uh, <laughs> because it... Uh, after so then he was shooting it, and I'm like, nah, I don't know what you're doing. Like, I don't know what you're doing, but you're not using the gun right. I'll I'll show you. And I shot my mine, and it was fine. And then on the very next time he shot it, uh, he had the the upper break. Uh, there's supposed to be like a, a lug there. There's there's no lug there. There's just a chunk of missing aluminum. Wow. Uh, which wasn't his fault. It was just like yeah. the gun giving up the ghost on that uh, on that front piece. Uh, interestingly enough, so this is actually, I believe, from the bolt slamming forward and it pushing forward on this thing. Because if you look at the back, See how that's Ooh, elongated? Those rear that holes. That is stretched right out, yeah. That's stretched right out. And like the recoil, recoil-wise, like the barrel and the bolt are holding all the power and it just hits it with the little thing, goes back, comes forward. 
slams forward, slams forward, slams forward. And uh, wow. I mean, the only thing holding the upper and the lower together is basically once that's stretched out, just this thin little piece of aluminum at the front there. Mm-hmm. And it broke. Uh, what did we use after that? I used someone else's uh, WSMCR. Uh, oh, boy. I, I'm blanking on the name right now. Trevor? Oh, God. That's horrible. He's a listener, <laughs> too. Oh, oh. <laughs> Embarrassing. Uh, yeah, anyways. Uh, so, yeah, that second stage uh, uh, didn't go so well for my son. But then the rest of them were fine for me. And I uh, did well on the other ones. Uh, we did like a shootout. <laughs> this is this was unfair. So the way the shootout was arranged, so like I, I basically tanked my score, right? I I, I was a solid mid packer. Um, but the way the shootout ran is they put like they we we did pairs. We so we paired up like the best with the worst. That's one team. Second best with second worst. That's one team. So I ended up somewhere in the middle there where I shouldn't have been. <laughs> ended up like a decent shooter to to pair up with. So. Um, we won. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't fair, though. It wasn't like, yeah, yeah that, was, that wasn't fair. Uh, let's see. Ah, oh, yeah. So um, I, I, I contacted Wolverine. Like, yeah, just send, send it to us and we'll, we'll take a look at it. So I'll send it to them and see what happens. If I can, uh, if I can get warranty on that, that'd be really nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, let's see. I sold a Winchester Wildcat to a Discord, another Discord user. Um, and I did the individual web services thing to verify their pal, which is something that, uh, so I think that, that is that the first time? Second time I've done that. First time is the seller, I, th- I believe. Hmm. It's easy enough. As long as you like have some time beforehand, it's easy enough. Okay, good. Yeah. Uh, and then I went to go, I like met him, met the guy at Cabello. So I'm like, Oh, I'm going to go. Well, I got some money burning a hole in my pocket. Let's go into Cabello's and see what's, <laughs> see what's going on in there. Uh, and like right at the gun counter, I met a, th- a three gunner there and he's like, ah, oh, how's it going? Yeah. No three gun. I'm like, no, I ran two at, at uh, Sherwood park. And he's like, Oh, interesting. Okay. So we talked a little bit about three gun, uh, looked at some very fancy pants guns. We looked at the, uh, uh, the savage impulse, which is, uh, interesting. I don't, I, I'm not going to get one, but like they're, they're interesting. We also looked at, uh, uh, Benelli's rifle. Oh, what was it? They have, they have a, they have a bolt action rifle and the bolt on that thing was slick as snot. Oh, really nice. And then we looked at some other stuff. I looked at that Romeo, uh, I think it's a Romeo five. They're, they're red dot. It's a vortex crossfire. Like I, I looked at it and like, Oh, it, now that I see this in my hand, this is a vortex crossfire mm. and uh, I would get one, but like, cause they have a really decent deal on, uh, on the Romeo five with the high mount. Uh, but I don't have like, I don't have a lot of rifles that can make use of that kind of thing. Right. If I, maybe if I had a couple of ARs definitely, but yeah, I don't really have that right now. Um, I bought a cleaning rod to replace the one I broke of Chris's. So I can give that back to him. Nice. Uh, I got some of the ballastol and there's something else I got. Oh, I got a fancy cleaning rod. Is it here? And I got a clean cause I was using the cleaning rod for like cleaning the, my uh, garan. I'm like, man, this thing sucks. This is like some crap. I should get, I should, I deserve a nicer one. So I, I got one have. of these ones that's got like uh two ball bearings in it. So like the, the rod like moves super smooth in there and it's like, yeah, slick, mm. slick, slick. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Uh, other stuff I've been doing. I've been 
so uh, my brother lives in an area where he can get, or I can get um, three deer tags, but I got to use like a shotgun or a bow and arrow or something like that. Not like a, a standard rifle. So I've been thinking about like slugs, chokes, accuracy, buckshot versus slugs versus Sabo and that kind of thing. I could have like a maximum 100 yard shot. So I've been thinking about like what kind of uh, setup would be ideal for that. Um, I think I'm going like, so I think I'm going to use the Savage Stevens because it's drilled and tapped uh, because I, I would really like to use, I've got a primary arms one X. It's very compact. I think it would be perfect for that kind of thing. A max 100 yard shot on a, on a deer with a slug or something like that. Yeah. I like, I like it. Yeah. Yeah. I could just use a bead, but I would, I would think that a one X uh, optic would just be like a lot more accurate than trying to use the bead on a shotgun. Plus like some shotguns hit quite high uh, with a slug. Uh, my a five at a hundred meters hits about two feet to the left. Mm. So like, it would be nice to be able to just dial in and, and, and know it. So I think that's what I'm going to do, but that means I have to polish the chambers on that thing. I was asking Kyle about what he uses. I think I'm going to do the, I'm either going to do the valve grind compound on a mop, or I'm going to use steel wool on a brush and just get in there and give her the beans. But okay. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Um, Dremel has the softer uh, bits too for like, Standing and polishing, they have different grits in them. You could try those too if you don't want to go so so aggressive as what I was mentioning. Yeah. yeah. Well, I want something that um, that is going to be perfectly centered. So, like that's why I'm tending towards yep. the brushes that will like fully fit inside there. I was looking. There's a, a flex hone that you can get that uh, that'll do it as well. It'll do a, a probably a, a better job. Um, but those flex hones are. I couldn't find one that does 12 gauge chambers. I found cylinders. I found like the bore. Mm. I didn't find a China chamber one. Uh, they're right around 50 bucks. I'm like really, it's not that I'm cheap, but I'm super impatient. I'm probably just going to use some steel wool or something like that and just give her, give her a quick zip. Hmm. Um, and then I was thinking about accuracy and the effect of chokes um, on it because that Savage Stevens, I've got an 18 inch cylinder barrel on it and I've got a 28 inch with an improved uh, cylinder on it. The 28 inch, like I have more experience shooting slugs with uh, improved cylinder or modified. That's pretty much what I shoot all my slugs out of because I shoot them at three gun, right? Um, but I was kind of curious. What about shooting it at a cylinder bore? Because that 18 inch barrel, I don't need the extra length for more burn. It's I'm getting no extra burn out of a slug for uh, uh, for a shotgun. So why not go with the 18 inch barrel, nice and small and compact with a one X optic on it? Mm-mm-mm. Nice and mm. small. Nice and handy, whip it up, get the shot off. But what's the accuracy difference going to be with slugs between cylinder bore, improved cylinder, modified? I tried looking it up. I tried looking at some YouTube videos the other day, and I would say that the um, the scientific rigor in those YouTube videos was poor, is, uh, is putting it nicely. They would shoot one group of three for each choke. So, and and uh, you guys have done maple seed. I saw, I'll show you the images at, at, at the end of the day. Um, the groups that they were getting, one guy was shooting prone with a steady rest on front and his group looked like this. Lots of lots of horizontal. What is that? <laughs> trigger press. The guy yeah. was slapping the shit out of his trigger. Yeah. Because yeah. like his, like if, if your ammo is inaccurate to three inches, you would expect a rough round group. 
not an oval group. And that's what he was getting was oval groups. His his groups were horizontally spread. That's all him. So I don't trust the uh, the information that's online right now, at least the information I found. If you guys have seen some better comparisons of accuracy with different chokes, I'd be super interested to see it. I really want to run the cylinder. I really want to run the 18-inch cylinder. From what I've seen and heard, it depends on the gun and barrel. Some guns like mods, some guns Mm -hmm. like the IC, and it, it all depends on the gun that you have. Well, I know that with my A5, uh, the IC will send them uh, approximately centered. The mod choke will send them two feet to the left at 100. Mm. So, like, the, the the impact changes quite a bit based on which choke I'm running. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm curious. I would love to run the 18 because to run an 18-inch barrel on, on that thing would be so nice and tight, so nice and small. Little 1X optic on there. Because I've got, like... At my brother's place, maybe like 70 yards, maybe. That would be like pushing it, probably like 50. Just a slug on, on deer at like 50 through a 1X. And, and an 18-inch barrel, nice and short. I'm just going to like, uh, <clears throat> here's what I'm going to do. Come come hunting season, I'm going to pop out a camp, like one of those camping pop-out chairs. I'm going to sit on this one little like hill. And I'm going to wait for the deer to go to this like this little lake on this little like stretch. And they have to go through this one spot. I'm just going to paste them with those slugs. <laughs> to get like three deer like that nice uh that's my plan anyways but like so anyways i was talking to uh, uh one of my buddies in calgary about uh about the slug accuracy thing and he's like oh yeah i've got this gun that has this this and this we should go test all of these different things and do a proper test um so i think that's what going to be one of the things i'm going to do this summer is uh is do a proper accuracy test of slugs through different chokes I'm probably going to use the low recoil slugs because I have a crap ton of them and uh, they're cheap. Uh, so I'm probably going to use the low, the low recoil score slugs. Um, that's still viable, right? I don't need to use like super high power stuff. What do you guys think? Yeah. Uh, you're talking that competition stuff? Yeah. Out to 100? I don't know. It's going like no, I'm shoot it. I'm not going to shoot at 100. I'm going to shoot at 50 because oh, I need okay. like a... Uh, between chokes, I don't want it to go off paper. And I know that a hundred, yeah. like they could be feet yeah. off paper. All right. Hmm, so I'm going to yeah. go 50. I'm just going to go off group size at 50. Yeah. I'm going to use a proper scope. So like not the one X, I'm going to go with like a three to mm-hmm. nine or something like that and get, and lead sled them and do like a proper, <laughs> like what kind of accuracy can you expect with different chokes with like a typical foster slug. So I know, I know like a, a Sabo uh, slug and a rifled barrel is going to give you better accuracy, like the, the best mm-hmm. accuracy you can hope for with a shotgun. But that's not really what I want to know the answer to. Oh, because I don't want to get a rifled barrel. I want to use my crappy uh, $200, water, yeah. $200 shotgun. <laughs> <laughs> and I want to whack some deer with it. <laughs> I just want to know uh, what the difference. Oh, I also went down the, the rabbit hole of like buckshot and like whether that's viable or not. Long story short, I'm going to like, maybe I'll piss off some listeners. Buckshot's not viable. No. Buckshot is like there. There is like such a small reason to use buckshot. It's not worth it. The the, the reason, mm-hmm. uh, a little bit aim. So if you're like at this magical distance of like twenty five to like forty meters, the pattern might give you a little bit like like less precision required on on aim. Um, but close in, you still need precision on aim because now you're st- your your patterns is still going to be tight. Um, and the, the energy drops off incredibly after like 50 yards. After 50 yards, yeah. they're they're like losing because they're like they're tiny, they're 40 grains each. Like a, a number one is like a, 
a 40 grain pellet that's like a 22 and they're also like 1200 fps so like yeah. would you shoot a deer with like 10 rounds of 22 rapid fire <laughs> no way. No one if you phrase it that way, no one would ever do that. It sounds it yeah. sounds ridiculous. But uh but we use this buckshot to do it all. Oh, and the other thing that it's uh, that's good at is if you're shooting through brush. Because if you're shooting if your deer is like if there's brush in front of your deer, uh some of the buckshot will get through. You yeah. shoot a rifle or something like that or a bullet and it hits a twig. My buddy shot uh, at a deer last year and there was a twig he didn't see and it knocked his bullet completely off target. Mm. And it wasn't even yeah. that far of a shot. Mm. Yeah. yeah. But with buckshot, <laughs> something's getting in there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a pretty minimal advantage, I would say. And for the... Um, I, the other thing I was I was looking up um, is just like I, 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 I always like looking at the math of it, right? Um, for shotguns, the BC is so bad on so many so on on shot and on slugs that um, you're just adding more recoil that will never make it to target. Buckshot, like you're you're get your there's a bunch of recoil, fifty yards. It's never going to even get there. It's it's going to be like you're moving wind around. Even slugs, you're looking at a BC of like point one. It's like a coke can flying through the air <laughs> yeah <laughs> anyways i'll uh i'll probably go through this more in detail once i've i've got more details from uh from my article <laughs> yeah. that i'm writing right, right now look for well, long story short i want to go slugs and i want to just keep my distance uh uh reasonable uh yeah. i think sabo would get you like more accuracy for like a 100 to a 150 shot uh but i think just like a forester slug at less than 100 should be fi- should be fine should be fine i'll find out yeah Find out what the barrels, yeah. So I need to polish those chambers. I need to get a rail. And I need to go to the range and just shoot a crap ton of slugs. Crap ton. Crap ton. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> cool. All right. On, on to upcoming events sponsored by Telos Alpha. Telos Alpha is a Canadian digital agency that works exclusively in the firearms vertical. They help with business processes, strategic planning, websites, e-commerce, and battling the stigma the industry carries with banks, merchant processors, and social media. Learn more at telosalpha.com. Events. Uh, there's spots still open at the Battleforts, Drumheller, Dawson Creek, Rimby, Cornwall. Uh, I'm going to be opening up a new uh, Bonneville event for September something. I need to send out the stuff to the range and whatnot. Uh, Kamloops. There's going to be a Rimfire Competition Academy and CRPS Ladies Only Match. CRPS Ladies Only Match is a 10-stage standard format PRS style or long-range four rim fires match with one to five steel targets placed between 100 to 300 meters. The links are on practicescore.com for both the Rimfire Competition Academy and the CRPS match, both ladies only, which is very neat. Uh, if you <laughs> need to, they'll have loaner rifles and ammo there. Ely like donated some some ammo, so. It's nice ammo. It's not just like some, you know, <laughs> blaster ammo. Yeah. Uh, some familiarity with shooting is highly recommended, or at least to have participated in a Project Maple Seed. That's actually one thing I really liked about the Grand Prairie uh, Maple Seed. There's a ton of ladies there uh, for uh, all I mean, representation on both days was really good. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Love it. News. Did you guys talk about this amalgamated bank CEO thing last time? We did. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Oh, okay. Perfect. I got to mention this new one then here. Um, so there was a there was a shooting that was stopped by uh, a legal gun owner uh, mm-hmm. in a shopping mall in Indiana. Um, I think it was a copycat shooter. So so the, the reason why is we had one 
two weeks ago or something like that. We, I say we, the, the U.S. had one two weeks ago in Uvalde, and that shooter had a carbine AR with iron sights, and they had a, a nicer AR with uh, an EOTech on it. And this shooter, same thing, the carbine with iron sights and a, a longer one with an EOTech. It's got to be a copycat. Like that's like that's ridiculous coincidence. Otherwise, yeah, yeah, yeah. So the exact um, same setup. Yeah, very very close. Yeah. Um, and, but this one uh, still went to a, a no gun zone because the the rules for this uh, shopping mall were no no weapons, no kill, concealed carry. But someone did, uh, not only did the shooter not follow the rules, uh, some uh, other guy didn't follow the rules either, and uh, pasted him fifteen seconds into his shooting spree. So he didn't get very far. Good. And that was impressive too. 10 rounds from 40 yards in 15 seconds in eight out of 10 hit. Like if you ask someone to do that at Ipsic, they'd be like, this is too hard. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, this isn't fair. Yeah. I'm supposed to hit an Ipsic sized uh, steel target from 40 to 50 meters while getting cover while uh, on the move. And I have to get eight out of 10 in 15. I don't know if it was in 15 seconds. He engaged him in 15 seconds, but it, it had to have been quick. Right. Yeah, the stuff I was seeing was that over 15 seconds, he fired 10 rounds. And impressive. Yeah. yeah, that's very impressive. Did, I, um, I know it was a Glock 19. I'm not sure if it had a red dot or not. I, 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 like Early on, the reports were all over the place <laughs> on, on what he was using. But uh, in any case, concealed carry uh, holder um, stopped the mass shooter cold. I think it, um, a lot of the news were, were saying... Um, Oh, this doesn't happen very often. It's not often that uh, a, a bystander stops a mass shooter by shooting them. But on the other hand, like this location, most mass shooters choose places where guns aren't allowed. Yeah. yeah, so it's like the only time you're going to get this to happening is when someone else is breaking the rules. And uh, yeah, yeah, Russ is saying there constitutional carry, which just came in in Indiana, and the governor said ignore no gun signs. Okay, all right. <laughs> Good Break the rules. Break the rules. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But um, yeah, very interesting. Um, that 40 to 50 yards thing is is probably the most interesting because that is yeah. like a that is a an incredibly difficult thing to do. Yeah. Not on the not even on a timer in yeah. like a life or death situation. Oh, uh, exactly. Yeah. I don't know if I could do that. Yeah, uh, I, most people couldn't. <laughs> no, <laughs> we're not most people. We're all competitive shooters. No, I know, I know, yeah. but that's yeah, still that's... a significant a significant distance with a with a pistol, right? Yeah. I know I can't because if you if you put me on the clock for fifteen seconds and if I'm at the fifty meter bay, I'm not going to put all hits on the on target. And I guess I don't need all all hits on target. I just need like yeah. three or you so. Need, you need eighty <laughs> percent. <laughs> Just the first couple. Build out of ten, just the first couple. Um, I, I guess the other the other thing that that this brings up is uh, the limit on ten round mags. Uh, our, uh, our our hero uh, defender here used ten rounds, but um, could have used more. Like if you're in a mm-hmm. gunfight with someone who has an AR, uh, yeah. yeah, a couple more rounds would be nice. Yeah, uh, full capacity, mm-hmm. regular capacity mags would have been nice for him, I guess. I don't think you can call a timeout during a gunfight to say, "Well, I only had ten rounds in my mag, so uh, can we?" <laughs> yeah, just can wait we, here we, while I go get more ammo. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, I made it happen. It's good mm-hmm. to hear. 
Any other thoughts on that? No. No. It's U.S. news. Well, like the only reason <laughs> we, we bring it up is because uh, U.S. affects us. Oh, the other thing. Uh, did they just pass a, an assault weapon ban in the U.S.? I saw something like that today. There was some assault I, weapon legislation that they're pushing through. I didn't hear anything on that. I didn't hear anything either. I only barely pay attention because the U.S. is a different country than us. But uh, uh, yeah, I, I thought it's <laughs> <laughs> some people <laughs> would think it's not. And that all of the U.S.'s problems are our problems, too. But uh, yeah. yeah. All right. CCFR legal fund donations. The ultimate choice 2022 contest. Uh, enter and you can win some shopping sprees. There's like 10,000, 5,000, 5,000. So basically donate some money and uh, get a chance to win some shopping sprees. Uh, let's get into new gun stuff. New gun stuff is sponsored by Bolt Action Coffee. Bolt Action Coffee is a branded... No, Sunfire Radio is a brand ambassador for Bold Action Coffee. It should be the other <laughs> way. They should be a brand ambassador for us, actually. Yeah, I like yeah, yeah. yeah. I think about it. Yeah, that's the way they should be working. <laughs> uh, if you want some gun-themed coffee, uh, head over to uh, boltactioncoffee.com and use the discount code SLAMFIRE and uh, grab, yourself, grab yourself some coffee. All right, new guys. You think stuff. they would sell more coffee if they had our pictures on the packages? I mean, yeah, we'd have to work on some sort of... <laughs> licensing deal i feel like what well, i don't know what they would cost them but probably a lot yeah yeah <laughs> but uh let's go on some new gun stuff here i'm just going to share my screen and let's do that one uh the first one is that uh delask has a new order of kid triggers and barrels in so if you've been looking for some gucci 1022 stuff head on over there next one is that wolverine has some glocks incoming uh, so these are expected to come in pretty soon here. They got some Glock 17 Gen 5s, Gen 4s, 19Xs, 19 Gen 4s, Glock 44s, Glock 22s, uh, all coming in. So uh, right now, if you want one, send them an email at uh, sales at wolverinesupplies.com. Uh, I Run Guns has a couple of weirdo guns, kind of weird looking guns. They got some Breda 92s. They got the Sarsalmaz. Uh, I believe those are Turkish. They make a they make a CZ seventy five uh, like Shadow One kind of a kind of a knockoff that's that's yeah. all right. Okay. They got some Canics. Uh, they got some CZ SPO ones at SPO two pricing, which I think is the norm right now. <laughs> they got some Ruger five second five sevens and uh, yeah, some more Canics. Next up, uh, Bullseye North is having their anniversary sale up to ninety percent off using code Annie ten. Uh, minimum of 10% off. Some restrictions apply. So take a look at that. And then I don't know if you guys have seen these, but these are starting to show up on shelves. The Savage has a 20 round mag for their, well, that's huge, for their Savage 64. Uh, so if you have a Savage 64 and you wanted uh, more than 10 rounds, uh, Savage has got you covered now. They've got a 20 rounder. Nice. Hmm. And there's one other. Oh, yeah. Tenda has federal gold medal match on sale. The 308 stuff, the 175 grain for 39 bucks a box. That is hot. That like for this day and age, that's very hot for uh, for match grade 308 ammo. So if you're looking for some of that, Tenda has some. Good. Cool. Let's head on over to the uh, main topic. Moving topic. with guns. Mo. This is your life. Do you want to like bring us into this topic? Uh, yeah. So I'm currently going through it. And uh, I mean, I was going to say it's unique. Uh, my 
situation is I'm not moving directly to where I'm going to be living. So it's going to be an in-between address. Um, so what I'm doing is uh, just last night, actually, I moved all my uh, non-restricted, so all my obviously long guns, to my friend Louis' house because he had uh, he has uh, he had an extra safe, so he's uh, going to be <laughs> keeping them for me. And uh, and as I was moving them last night, and I didn't have enough like cases or socks or whatever, so don't judge me. But I put them all in garbage bags. I bought like extra large <laughs> garbage bags. And then uh, I have a pickup truck, but I didn't put them in the bed. I just put them behind behind the seat. And I made what I'm calling a long gun lasagna. So I put them like two by two, and I had styrofoam sheets from from from. Uh, from other packaging and stuff. So I kind of put them in between and I just like layered them and you know what? And then I kind of padded the sides on each. So there was like no, no wiggle, no nothing. They were just like nicely planted. And when I was driving, like I didn't hear the move at all. So, so I made a lasagna. (laughs) (laughs) And then with the, um, that was going to be one of my first questions. How do you actually do the move? Cause I used a a whole bunch of double cases. I have about uh Three or four double I, cases. I have one, I, one double case and one single case. That's all I have. So, mm. and I have more than three long guns. <laughs> so, anyways, um, lasagna enough to make a lasagna. That's yeah. that's your your count. Yeah. So you know what? And I think they, they none of them seem to have any wear on them. So I think they survived the trip nicely. And uh, so that's what I did. Now, uh, for the restricted is where it, it gets trickier because, and we can talk about this is like having enough locks for, uh, well, number one trigger locks or, um, cable locks, and then enough locks for the actual cases themselves. So that's been, uh, that's been a Why? challenge. I mean, for the restricted, sure. But for the non-restricted, no, 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 uh, no. For the restricted, I'm talking about just oh, I see. the restricted. Yeah. yeah. So what I've what I've been doing is I've been gathering all my you know when you uh, you buy a gun and you get your your lock in the package and most of us like if we keep the box great if not we just chuck it in a bin and that's it so I've been gathering all my uh, all my cable <laughs> all my cable locks with the little keys and stuff and I just started like a little bit of a labeling system to uh, you know to keep them organized and stuff because it's going to be a nightmare to because all those little keys are identical <laughs> so we're very close so. one way trip. Lock them, throw away the keys, give them to your buddy. When it's time, when you finally get them in your place, cable cutters. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this <free>. is just- <laughs> yeah, well, I'm doing it with, with, with the keys and stuff. So that I'm like labeling them that way. I can take them off when necessary. <laughs> how many, how many, um, how many trigger locks do you own? Uh, seven. Kyle, Seven. how many trigger locks do you own? I don't know. I think I got like, I've probably got 15 uh, combos. Oh, okay. And I've probably <laughs> got, for cable locks, I probably have another 30. And I probably have, <laughs> I think I have 10 or 20 of those little plastic ones that I bought in bulk. Now, those cable locks all come with new guns, right? So my thing the is. The little like plastic ones with it just to you screw in? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I, okay. I bought extra because when I ship, I like to I like to lock guns that I ship. So I put the little I use the little plastic ones. Uh, so I bought in bulk um, from a distributor, so just so I can do that. Yeah. Okay, no, that's a good suggestion. See, I wish I I should have uh, I should have asked you. <laughs> so nah, I mean, you 
you're you're what you're doing i think is the right thing just use those cable locks for their once and only time in their lives yeah and then, yeah. uh yeah yeah, I, I mean, they were fun. just sitting around, like still packaged and everything. Like I never took them, and so I'm now just gathering them all and opening them up, and oh, you know. Man. So uh, yeah, that's been that's been the challenge. Uh, I ended up uh, so I'm keeping the restricteds with me where I'm where I'm where I'm moving. Uh, so I ended up buying. I didn't want to take my real safe beast that it is to that location, so I ended up going to Canadian Tire to buy. Uh, it's like a stack on, but it's like uh, Yukon gear. Yeah, you know Yukon. Yeah, gear. the metal, the metal cap. Yeah, yeah. It's like yeah. you know that cheap thin. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it's nice because it's light and and like you know it's easy to move around and stuff. And it was super to super easy to assemble. And so I've got that set to to store all the the restrictions in because I I I uh, because I'm going to matches in Ontario and Quebec, I wanted them to be registered with me. So that way, I mean, there's only one gun that really goes anywhere with me, but I wanted it. Your competition gun. Yeah. And and Louis had made that suggestion. So I didn't have to, the ATTs wouldn't start getting tricky to, you know, moving it from somebody else's house to, to the match and back and forth and stuff. So, um, do you guys have like a, do you guys have like a bin of old locks that, uh, yeah, see that I had a I had a cardboard box like that of uh of all my locks. They're falling out. <laughs> and man, that's yeah, amazing all those locks that everybody has, right? That most most of the most of the time don't get used, but yeah. And manuals. And manuals. Who's a manual for a Mossberg Maverick? <laughs> Do you keep the manuals? I'm throwing them in the garbage right now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Because I always feel like, should I keep the manual? Should I not keep the manual? And I'm like, I end up keeping it, but then it's just they just all sit there. So I do end up keeping the manuals. I just throw them in the drawer or in the case that it come with or whatever. Yeah, garbage. But uh, so, Ajo <laughs> in Alberta, when you did um, so for my at, I did the att for my change of address with Quebec, mm-hmm. and uh, for the, all the restrictors, of course, and I did. Um, I actually listed all the, the the certificate numbers and serial numbers and everything on the document to do it. Did you have to do something similar to that? No, or, no, <laughs> no. I did it the easy way. I uh, because I had to sell as well. I transferred all my guns to my buddy's place, moved them all there, and uh, sold my house without all my guns hanging around my house. And then once I bought my new place, I transferred all my guns from him to the new place. And how was done. the tra- how was the transfer done? All like in one shot, uh, with a with a document or with with a phone call? Phone call, and then a phone call two weeks later to be like, "Yo, what's happening?" And they're like, "Oh, why are you transferring so many guns?" I'm like, "Well, I'm moving my house." Oh, okay, that sounds good. Done. Yeah. Okay, so that's yeah. how it's done in Alberta. Yeah. yeah when yeah. we moved to the place that we're in now, I just called them up said yeah need address change and i'm moving so i need to move said when do you want to move the guns gave them a date what and just that was it didn't have to list all the serial numbers or inserts yeah so i'm taking everything okay okay. and like that day i had my notice nice nice well i already got the track i already got the notice that didn't that part didn't take long and 
It was just the itemizing that took that took some time. Do you have to itemize everything? I did it. I don't know if I needed to. The document does show that, like the it does show that you have to list them now. I don't know. Hmm. I did it that way, and it's done. So and it got approved. So I mean, that's that. But yeah. I will have to find out if uh, I actually needed to itemize them or not. I think like, yeah, yeah uh, between like uh, the, the transfer is obviously the easiest way to do it. I think the thing that would worry me more about moving on a sp- certain day is like, what if the day moves? Like when we went to go get possession of our place, like they're super slow. And uh, I was like, oh, I'm, I'm yeah, yeah. really get big at possession today. And then what you got to like call them back. Oh, sorry. You know, the sellers were D bags and I had to uh, had to delay a day. And now I'm going to do it the next day. Yeah, no, with, with, I should have mentioned that with Quebec, I was given uh, a five day range. So hmm. it was up yeah, to I think five you can days, do that. which I think is, which I think is fair, right? Cause I mean, yeah, you start right. at yeah. the beginning of a weekend to move and then you finish like, you know, at the end of the week, yeah. like it should cover you, right? So yeah. Yeah, I think you can do that in Alberta too. You can say, well, I want to move between these dates kind of thing. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Hmm. Yeah, that would work. So it sounds like a couple of considerations is like storage and, and transportation. Storage, uh, transportation, enough uh, cases or sleeves or locks mm-hmm. if needed. Um, and now that's a good suggestion on the uh, on the little screw in doohickey versions. <laughs> I mean, that's because I guess they are legal right? a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, they're legal, and and um, I like using them when I buy and sell. When I sell and I'm going to ship a gun, I'll put one of those crappy little trigger locks on it and mail it and don't have to worry about it. And I'll include one of the keys because I got a million of those things too. Uh, Yeah. Hmm. Anything else to think about for moving with guns? Hmm. I guess be sure that like when you move, like you're living in the new place. So you don't get like a, a lucky Lou come through and like steal your crap when, uh, cause that, that happens a lot. You're moving in and, uh, you're not quite moved in. You go back to the old place to stay and then the new place gets knocked over cause they see the moving trucks. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't for, yeah, it's cause it's just, I wouldn't do anything too ahead of time. Right. You kind of do it as your, I guess if you're moving all your other furniture and appliances and all that stuff, I would probably leave the guns as your, your, uh, last, last pieces to move right mm-hmm. so, yep. yeah unless you have a friend that you can you know they're going to be secure they're going to be secured at that location right and then you don't then you don't have to worry about it yep yeah and when you move into your new place build a gun room yep yes and <laughs> 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 yeah. to deal with all the locks and safe room and all that other kind of stuff yeah <laughs> Buy a place that has a, a gun room potential. Gun room yeah. potential. Yeah. 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 Forget about nice kitchen and living room and all that other stuff. Just <laughs> how much time barely, how much time are you gonna spend in the kitchen anyways? Yeah, you, you barely spend any time in there. So Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Kids' bedrooms. Ah, that's you just need a bed. That's it. You just need a bed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Anything else to uh, consider when moving with guns? Oh, prohibs, ARs. You didn't have to move an AR. I did. Uh, I did. Or oh, am. you did. I am. Yeah. Yes. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
It's on the what they say. They're just like, yeah, whatever, just move it. Yeah, I moved from when I moved from Ontario. They just said, yeah, it's 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 registered to you. You're changing your address, and that's that, right? Right. They didn't even so, say the registered thing thing to me. They're just like, yeah, just move. Because yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, it's like it's it's not it's not registered right now. No, they pulled uh, the certs. Like, yeah, the certs. Oh, like, yeah. Strictly speaking, yes, it's red. It's they know you own it, but it's not a re- registered restricted weapon. It's a prohib. It's a prohib that has like weird rules around it. So like when I called <laughs> in for the Alberta, they're just like, man, just just go, <laughs> lock it, yeah. trigger trigger lock your upper and lower before you bring them. <laughs> Wouldn't treat- want them doing anything dangerous. Yeah, I think they're saying like treat it as its previous classification, the restricted. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Trigger lock your lower and put it in a case and lock the case too. Yeah. Lock I put mine in a safe. I like a little <laughs> crappy, a crappy little safe. I just chucked them in there. Not worrying yes. about if they get scratched or anything, because who cares? Yeah. 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 Uh anything else to say about uh, moving with guns? Just plan ahead. Yeah. yeah. You definitely have to give it some thought because it's not just something you you toss them in a box and away you, away you go, right? Yeah. Well, and while you can be lucky and get your transfer same day or whatever, same thing with ATTs. You get plan, give it some time. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, sometimes they're not just okay. You get off the phone and you get an email. Uh, yeah, one time I had to go like cross province and. Uh, um, it was day of and like, I'm driving and like, I called him up like, yo, <laughs> I asked you guys for this thing. What the heck? They're like, okay, we'll send it to you right now. And they sent it to me and I got it on the email. Okay, great. <laughs> Jeez. Cutting the, I gave him like, uh, a week or something. Like, yeah. Lots of time. Anyways, it was, uh, it was yeah. something slow going on that day, but, uh, yeah, plan ahead. What I, what I would suggest, I was just thinking about something. What I would suggest, and this is not something I did that if you a competition shoot and you reload that you should probably be reloading enough ammo for the amount of time that you're going to be down for. Right. So if you've got two, two, three, whatever amount of matches in that, you know, that month that let's, or two weeks, whatever period of time that you're not going to be able to reload when you're not, your bench is not set up and your bench and press is not set up that you have enough ready to go. Does that mean you you can't load small batches then? No, no. My my uh my small batch process uh, bit me in the ass. So you had to go all out just this once. You had to make a thousand rounds. I need to make I need to make two small batches. <laughs> so yes, reload ahead of time. Fun stuff. All right, let's get into listener feedback. Listener feedback is sponsored by Armory DC Gunsmith. Armory DC Gunsmith is a full-service gunsmith who specializes in firearms refinishing. He offers hot bluing, park rising, and Cerakote finishes, as well as wood refinishing to fix up those guns you dented up while you were moving. He offers, uh, check out his online inventory of new and used guns uh, at dcgunsmith.ca. Uh, Facebook, we've kind of been reading them as we've been going along. Uh, emails. Kyle, do you want to take this one from Spencer? Sure. Hey guys, after hearing the story about Amalgamated Bank you had on the show a while back, I looked into it a little more. It turns out this is one of those socially responsible banks. They suggested that guns and ammo be given a separate merchant code so that all these types of purchases could be tracked by credit processors. 
The bank's CEO said that they could then use the data to flag suspicious purchases the way they do for fraudulent transactions. Of course, the difference here is that these flags wouldn't generate a call to the cardholder asking if the transition transaction was legitimate, but instead go to some law enforcement agency without their knowledge. Not only is this terrifying, it's probably illegal, at least here in the U.S. It's also pointless since any review of mass killers show that there were dozens of red flags in most cases. Almost all of these killers had multiple contacts with the authorities with no action taken. I find it hard to believe that anyone buying an AR and 500 rounds of ammo would be looked at with any great suspicion until after the fact. What's worse is that this scheme would have allowed the easy implementation of something the Obama administration called Operation Choke Point. No kidding, they really called it that. This was an attempt to get merchant banks and card processors to deny service to firearms-related business. It was totally illegal and was facing a bunch of restraint of trade challenges when Trump won and shut it down. Having these dedicated codes could make this type of prior restraint simple, though. You could see processors simply denying any transaction that included the firearms or ammo code. An administration that was willing to shield these credit processors and fight it out in court could lead to a program like this running for years before finally being shut down. Luckily, the International Standards Organization has control over these merchant codes, and they denied the bank's request to make them official. I'm kind of surprised since I wouldn't have thought the ISO was particularly pro-gun, but it sounds like they were. there were some other reasons behind it. Hopefully this plan is dead in the water, but you never know with this kind of thing. We just had the most significant Supreme Court ruling here since Heller and the states affected were trying to get around it literally hours after it was announced. The gun control lobby never seems to give up. Take care, Spencer. P.S. Kelly, it sounds like 28 gauge is the new hotness. I'd never heard of it until you brought it up, but now I'm hearing the guns talked about a lot on uh, various gun podcasts and channels. I also heard an interview with a Remington rep who mentioned 28 gauge as something they were going to start supporting more because of its popularity with sporting clays. Interesting. Huh. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know in New York, their way around this was, okay, the whole state is uh, no concealed carry. Like they just they just added so many locations that uh, that it became a moot point, basically. Yeah. But they're just, they're just going to lose in court again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. They're just, <laughs> just nuisance stuff, and then they'll, they'll lose, and then they'll bring up something else. And you lose. can't carry on asphalt. You can't carry on cement. You can't carry on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that sounds yeah. about right. But uh, that's uh, it's good. It's good direction. Good direction. That you guys are heading in. Uh, we're going the yeah. other way. Yeah, uh, yeah. We it's are going the other way. way. Yes. Yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. Always. Yeah. Well, we'll see what happens with uh, with bands over the next week here in in, uh, in the U.S. Uh, this next one's from James. I'm looking for uh, at first. I'm sorry. Am I am I skipping ahead? Did you guys have any comments on? Uh, uh, Spencer's email. Uh, they have a lot more stuff backing them. That's easier for them to fight from the sounds of it. There's actually laws in place that are that, Hey, the government's actually kind of trying to 
obey maybe yeah and i think like I'm, if if you have one bad bank who's like putting pro- payment processors um and and like watching them and that kind of thing just don't use that don't use that bank yeah yeah we don't really have the option here in canada like a lot of our stuff is uh is, is federal and, and is monitored um without the option to to skip uh and in the u.s you just have more selection so you can yeah. choose to not live in a in a gun unfriendly state it's it's fairly easy whereas in canada there's there's not really an option there chase debit shut down service on a gun store i know right in the middle of handgun buying rush that's from russ uh Hmm. yep yep uh the next one's from james i'm looking for an ambi actually not an uh ambi dextrous trigger for my new glock 17 andy recommendations uh, there's no Andy on the show anymore, uh, James. Uh, that's a long time ago. Uh, ambidextrous trigger. I thought they were all ambidextrous. Yeah. I, as far as good triggers we can recommend, but yeah, the trigger itself is ambi. It's just the mag release, slide release, that kind of thing. But I would recommend Any the trigger. Jimmy. <laughs> since you said you're rec- looking for a trigger recommendation the timney for sure <laughs> it's ambidextrous yes it meets the, it meets the requirements <laughs> well awesome yeah and we have no uh, nothing from instagram or facebook or anything like that like that if you'd like to email the show send your email to slamfire radio at gmail.com Patreon supporters, if you'd like to help support the show, head on over to patreon.com slash slamfire radio and uh, help support the show. And with the money, we'll put hats on prize tables. I put a, I put one of the slamfire, actually slamfire radio supported the, uh, the most recent three gun match at uh, Sherwood park. Nice. They got uh, a hat and they got many of our um, older shirts as well. <laughs> the shirts right weren't, a, weren't a, uh, a nice thing, but the hat was very <laughs> nice. <laughs> I really like the hat. <laughs> But yeah, we, we left a bunch of those out there. Uh, shout outs, Kyle. Uh, yeah, I'd like to shout out the entire crew that made the match happen last weekend. There's a bunch of people in there, got their hands in there to make sure that food, scores, targets, everything was all set up and went flawless. So Awesome. Mo? Uh, to my friends, uh, Lisa and Louis, for giving my guns uh, a good home. Uh the next little while, so really appreciate that. I know they're in good hands. So foster home, foster, a foster home. home, yeah, yeah. <laughs> a gun foster home, yeah. <laughs> I feel better. I can sleep at night knowing that they're there. You know, they're in safe hands. Yeah, no, not hands. They're locked up. Yeah, never, never to be touched. <laughs> uh, for myself, yeah, just the guys uh, at uh, Sherwood Park for putting on that three gun event. Uh, thank you very much. And then for Grand Prairie, the guys including kyle who helped uh make that those uh maple seeds uh go off without a hitch you guys gave us a bay and moved a porta potty closer so that people could like you know make quicker trips to the bathroom and all that kind of stuff it's very much appreciated uh finally check us out on gunners of canada like us on facebook give us a review on facebook join the ccfr remember shoot safe shoot loud and shoot often i don't know whose term that is and we'll see you next week Good night, Kelly. So if you have any comments or questions for the show, please send an email to slamfireradio at gmail.com. Now go grab a gun and shoot something. When the talking is over, it's time to get a gun.